0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and our guest tonight is Dirk Rowley. Dirk, thanks for joining me tonight. Absolutely. You are fresh off a newscast. How did everything go in the wonderful world of news?
1: There was no adrenaline. There was nothing breaking. So that, in my mind, is always a win.
0: You almost sound disappointed when you say there was there, no adrenaline. There
1: is. There are days where you're like, oh, well, that was... Uh, you know, that, what was that? That was just – that was routine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, very very rarely does it ever happen that it's routine.
0: So do you still experience the, the stress that comes with doing a newscast? Are you gotten used to it, and does that bring its own kind of stress? How does that manifest itself in you? Yeah,
1: the stress is still – uh, like as as I say something, and when I hear it finally out loud leave my mouth, and I'm like, oh, that's that's not a hundred percent right. Yeah, and yeah. then the the question is, how many more mistakes will I make on the air? Because I just I'm still dwelling on what I just said, especially if the script is right, but I throw in a sort of or a yeah. partial. You know, I somehow modify it sure. what it was supposed to say. Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, that's not right at all. And then that just kinda lingers <laughs> until the commercial break, usually. Yeah. So um but yeah, no, that's that's maybe one of the biggest things that it was just, you know, how you just want to just shut up and read what's there. Because the sweat went into putting yeah. Getting everything down on the teleprompter correctly. <laughs> yeah. At that point just stop ad ad libbing and,
0: and yeah. read it. Yeah. I, and I've found and I may be cursing myself by saying this, but the the few times I've been on camera, I almost do better live mm-hmm. because I know there's no there's no second chance. No parachute. Yeah. So that almost works better for me. But again, I may prove myself wrong the next time I do something live. I, I'm 100% convinced that's true. Yeah, I think live is better.
1: There's a certain energy. There's yeah. a certain honesty that you get mm-hmm. uh, when you know that you can go, all right, stop, hang on, wait, no, tar- do over. Yeah. I, I think that, that dist- you're, first of all, you're constantly editing or evaluating everything you say. Yeah. And then secondly, I think it, there is just a certain energy that you get with just being live and knowing you get one try and give it a go yeah
0: yeah well thanks for being here and thanks for i was gonna say
1: thanks for making special accommodations staying late here So
0: the old TV diva can show up uh, after hours at Asher.
1: (laughs) I appreciate that.
0: We certainly wanted you to keep most of your energy for your day job and have a little bit left for us, so thanks for joining us. But um, as you know, on on this podcast, we talk about career path, we talk about your organization, and most people are very familiar with Wayne 15, but we'll talk a little bit about the inside view of that, and then we'll talk about some of the things you're working on and you work on something every day with a really tight deadline, so that'll be interesting for folks to hear. But let's start with Career Path, because you have, like many of the guests on the podcast, a really interesting one. And take us from the beginning, whatever that is, to you, to how you got to the anchor seat at a a local news station. So in Marion,
1: Indiana... I was asked to be part of a speech club contest or a speech contest for the Rotary Club in Marion. All right. Uh, Grew up, went to Eastbrook High School. It's Upland, Indiana. Uh, I'd done it my junior year. I got third out of five. I went back my senior year at the insistence of my drama teacher and got third out of five. So I am the most <laughs> average public speaker you will ever find. Literally, couldn't yeah. do, be more average. But the senior year, early in the year, the general manager of the radio station came up to me, and I remember distinctly he did not have a business card, so he wrote his name on like the napkin and his phone number, said, I didn't really care for your speech, but I like your voice. Yeah. Would you be interested in coming over and working part-time? And I'm like, that's better than a paper route. Yes, yeah. I will do this. Okay. Thought I was going to be a lawyer at that time. Uh, and then I think basically anybody who thinks they're going to be a lawyer and then gets bad grades becomes a broadcaster. <laughs> um, so uh, fell in love with it, was working full time my senior year in high school. So a, this
0: is senior high school senior and you're high on school,
1: the radio. Wow. Okay. Working full time at a 50,000 watt beautiful music station. Okay. WMRI, Relaxing what is, 106.9. What is beautiful, beautiful music? Beautiful music is elevator music. Ah, okay. Yeah. So right. let's take a really good song and ruin it. <laughs> right? Let's take all the words out and then, you know. Make it all violins. So there were really stations for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. And that was, uh, so, you know, so none of my friends listen. Maybe their parents listen. Yeah. Probably their grandparents at that point. Um, but yeah, at that point, it was still a successful format. Wow! And that's how I started. And when I still go into a restaurant or am in a literal elevator and hear that music, it kind of sets me on edge because <laughs> I had to stay awake and pay attention to so many things yeah. that, that that music just kind of <laughs> makes me edgy. So then I finished uh, at Taylor University, went there since it was, well, A, it was close, and B, it was a really great school that was right in my backyard. Sure. Um, got through that. Then came to Fort Wayne in 1989 and worked at 1380 AM back when it was playing country music. Okay. Forerunner to K105. Okay. And um, was actually doing quite well. And that was my first real chance encounter with ratings and through just statistical flukes was just blessed to went from like, wherever we were before I got there ninth to like second at okay. night, I was working seven to midnight on a station that didn't even cover all
0: of Allen County at night. Wow. And was uh, so, just, so just why blessed. the bump in, in ratings was it, was the I mean, I'd form- like to say it was me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, that was the only thing that changed. Yeah. And and I was told by uh, Bill Collins, the guy that hired me said, I got two rules. Uh, don't swear. And then across the quarter hours. So, you know, like a 15 after and 30 and 45, uh, don't say anything. Just go from song to song. And that was his brilliant programming. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And yeah. otherwise, he's like, just, just do whatever you want. Have huh. fun. So I kind of just, you know, at that point, nobody I thought was really listening and uh, just kind of goofed around and, and, and had a ball.
0: Okay. So when, backing up for just a second, when you were a Taylor yep. communication major, journalism yep. major?
1: Yes. Yes to both. Okay. Uh, it was mass comm at the time. Got it. So with a journalism, I guess, I took all the journalism classes Taylor had to offer, which wasn't many, maybe two or three. Sure. Um, Then MassCom was newspaper, radio, television. Uh, Thought television was completely unrelated to anything I would ever do. Sure. Uh, And then (laughs) I was focusing on radio. And then the newspaper, again, was completely irrelevant because I had no desire, although I was working on the campus paper. Sure. um, But then all of a sudden the internet came along and all these things you learn about, you know, You know, how to lay out and all these layout and design, all that stuff, oh, suddenly made sense again. Sure, So Yeah, so really uh, fortunate to have gone through Taylor. You know, uh, I think the general manager at the station I was at in Marion at the time suggested, because I took a gap year, I was having so much fun on the radio, I thought, I don't want to go to college. Sure. And he said, no, you probably want to learn something to talk about. Yeah.
0: All right, so liberal arts school. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. So beautiful music station, yep. country music station. Yep. Then why do you make a change and where do you go from there? Uh,
1: went across the street in a rare move where people don't usually cross the street. Yeah. Uh, went from 1380 AM to 93.3 FM. Yep. Uh, and was, again, just uh, rode the wave. I'd like to say somehow I was this brilliant morning show host, which I was not, but. Garth Brooks was really hot at the uh-huh. time, uh-huh. so guess what? Radio station showed up at number one, and you're sure. just like, again, like to think it was me. Yeah. It, it wasn't, <laughs> but it was uh, again, just it's you know some some fun success that led to um, a chance to uh, work with a guy that um, when I was in the building at 1380, and it was Federated Media, still is Federated Media. Uh, at the time, I was being considered to be Charlie and Tony. Those two guys, legendary you know, market dominating yep. morning show here. Tony was coming off to become general manager, and I was scheduled to become his fill in. Ah. So I would have been partnered with Charlie Butcher. Yeah. Uh, the last minute, they decided we were two kind of alike. We both kind oh. of were driving a morning show. Okay. So they decided that that was not the best pairing. Huh. But the guy they brought in and I became really close friends. He hired me then to leave Fort Wayne to go to Las Vegas. Okay. One of those where you're like, okay, sometimes it's better to not get what you wanted because at the <laughs> time I was just devastated. You yeah. Know? I was like, sure, Charlie and Tony, how cool would that be? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I went to Las Vegas. was there for about a year and a half. Met my then uh, girlfriend, now wife. Okay. Just as I was leaving. She's from Fort Wayne. Okay. And so we were dating long distance the whole time and wanted to get back here. Wasn't anything available in Fort Wayne. Went to a South Bend radio station. Owned by Federated Media, um, just went monster gangbusters, and then finally came back here in 2000 to Magic 95. Okay. work
0: no blocks from where you are now. So all radio. All radio. And, and are you thinking that's where you're going to stay? Sure. Yeah.
1: Why not? I mean, yes, there was a point, um, you know, you could see as digital caught on and radio – Got a smaller and smaller piece of the advertising pie, and and all of a sudden, you know, budgets were cut, and morning shows became kind of a thing of the past. The you know, the big multi-member morning show, Uh, it got less fun. But I never thought I was going to do anything else. Yeah, and so came to Fort Wayne, came back to Fort Wayne in two thousand, and was downtown at Magic for uh, almost fifteen years. And then kind of with enough people switching, the company, uh, Sarkis Tarzine, is so good, they never want to, like, blow anybody out. Yeah. But they clearly wanted to change. Yeah. And they were ready to kind of re-scrub the magic call letters and try to call it something else and yeah. try to go younger. And I'm like, you know what?
0: Maybe it's time for me to leave. Yeah. looked around, and that's how I got into television. Okay. So what was that change like? I have to imagine, you know, there's... there's a Probably more safety in radio because it's just your voice. Yes. You're, you're a known quantity, but you're not getting stopped at the grocery store by every other person. What's that transition feel like from the inside?
1: Uh, thankfully, it was, you know, kind of in steps. Yeah. Um, the, the you know, occasionally you get stopped like at a drive through People yeah. would recognize my yeah. voice more than in a grocery store because if they could see my face, they were like, well, you might sound like that guy, but there's no way that guy looks like you do. Sure, sure. And so, okay, you know, what? I don't know what that means exactly, but, you know. They have a vision in their head. Right, exactly. So, you know, it was just like, you know, um, and then all of a sudden it was like on uh, Insight was the, you know, it was a a lifestyle sales kind of pay-to-play talk show on at 1230 on the ABC affiliate here, and all of a sudden it wasn't a lot of people, but yes, I was occasionally would get stopped and yeah. it would be like, oh, insight guy. You yeah. had no idea who I was, but they knew <laughs> yeah. I was on the show and yeah. it was like, oh, wow, yeah. pe- people do watch, you know, because again, 1230, not the biggest yeah. audience uh, to- using television. yeah, um, But they were watching and it was it was a lot of fun, you know, yeah. and what it did, what that job more than anything taught me, technically I was in the sales department uh, because okay. it was, again, a pay to play yeah. show. Sure. So I'm trying to get people to come on the show. Um taught me a lot about businesses, you know, and, and how to, all these different industries, you know, how to evaluate, how to talk their language, uh, how to talk sales, Yeah. Uh, met a ton of people that I'd never probably would have met otherwise. Like every mayor outside of Fort Wayne, you know, in the 11 County area, yeah. felt like was on our show at one point. Yeah. Uh, just and got And you had to,
0: no prior experience on the sales side? Oh no, not, yeah. at, not oh, in wow. sales, no. Okay. So, I yeah. mean,
1: my dad was a salesperson, and the only thing he ever told me was, all you're doing is collecting no's. <laughs> The One thing you can control, you yeah. know, if you can go out and get a hundred no's today, you're probably going get some yeses, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. But it was like that's all you can control, and I tried to take that mindset uh, in. But it was, so, you know, again, Insight is a great show,
0: yeah.
1: it's a tough sell for everybody, sure. you know, uh, because again, not everybody has got a big ticket item, yeah, that sure. all it takes is one. One viewer to make up for it. Yeah. I mean, if you've got to sell five hundred things, well, that's gonna to be tough. Sure, sure. So sure. Uh, but just a ton of, you know, marketing experience and then learning the TV eventually at the end of that uh, time on Insight, I became the producer of the show. And so literally was doing the editing and the graphics and things like that. Wow. So, so
0: what was the biggest learning curve making the change from radio to insight? Uh, where th- which camera is on?
1: really i mean honestly that that was just it was so uh you know because again like we're talking now you have a microphone i have a microphone (laughs) this won't change the (laughs) entire hour yeah um but then all of a sudden in tv it was like oh no we we wanted you over right there on that camera oh wow and i'm like oh well that would have been good to know (laughs) before i stared off you know way left yeah um and it was just learning that and and uh But honestly, so much of Insight was, you know, predetermined questions. Uh, My favorite thing is when a guest would go, you know, that's a really good question. And I'm like, well, yeah, you wrote it. Of course you think it's a good question. You actually handed me what I was supposed to ask you.
0: So did you have any, knowing that guests are not professionals, did you have anyone who just froze up once the camera went on? And how do you deal with that?
1: There's some that I... You know, you would try—I mean, again, there was a case where it wasn't always live. Yeah, sure. There was certain ones that I missed. There was one guest in particular who was kind of touting something that gave you a mental edge. Yeah. And literally, the words came out of her mouth after this segment that was four minutes of just—you kind of were like, you know, she was reeling you in, and you were like, okay, this is interesting. Um, and then all of a sudden, I asked her, I don't know, for website or phone number or something, and she just blanked. Wow. And everything she had just said felt like she had just undercut Wow! in wow. that moment where yeah. she goes, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I had a brain fart. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, that's exactly the – you're the only guest I, <laughs> who the audience can't really forgive yeah. that. I mean, yeah. and that's like – Wow. But for the most part, I felt – like the guy catching the trapeze artist. Yeah. Like my job is to not let you fall. Yeah, my job sure. is to not let you, sure. you know, crash and burn. I want to do everything I can to make you look as good as I can. Yeah. Because, you know, we want to just tell your story. Sure. And sure. so that was that was the opportunity and that was the challenge. Yeah. And for the most part, I think it worked fairly well. Some people worked better than others. But usually
0: there was very few guests sure. where I was, I couldn't be interested for four minutes. Yeah. 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 So so you do insight for about three years, yep. is that correct? And how do you end up in the anchor seat at Wing fifteen? So when Quincy Broadcasting bought granite, bought
1: twenty one, yeah. Quincy's theory was that I was in sales. They yep. were not really they they had a very bright red line between news and insight, sure. between news and programming. Yep. Uh, and so I was in the sales department and none of their salespeople were under non-compete contracts. Uh, okay. First time in my life since I was 20 yeah. that I didn't have a contract. And I was at first really offended by that. Sure, And then all of a sudden, the uh, kind of chain of of anchors shifting yeah. at Wayne uh, happened where Heather went to Sweetwater yep. and that let Brett uh, Thomas, he kind of looked around and was like, well, maybe it's time for me to do something yep. else. So they had uh, the Tara fill in from the morning yep. to nights, but they didn't have a morning show. Pat didn't want it. That yeah. wanted to stay on the morning show, and so all of a sudden that job became available, and I just really applied through the front door. Yeah, I didn't try to go through any other. I knew uh, the news director, you know, through some conversations, sure. but not well. Yeah, tried to not, you know, go inside. It's like if they want to talk to me, they'll talk to me, and yeah. and they did. So wow. I, at the time, they'd always said, you know, we focus on people that know the market are yeah. local, and I thought, well, this is either a slogan or they mean it.
0: Yeah. And they meant it. Oh, wow. So what's that experience been like? How, now, now you've been doing that for about three years, yep, correct? a little over three years. So, so how has that gone for you? What have been some of the challenges? What have been some of the things that maybe have gone better than you expected?
1: So... I honestly, there's times I joke. I I got hired because of my Rolodex. I got hired because I know the market yeah. and I know you know the Northeast Indiana region. Yeah. And if I don't know who knows, I know who knows. Yeah. like if I don't know if somebody you know, I can't get a hold of in one phone call. I can get a hold of them in two. Yeah, and that's been good. That's been true. And so I felt like okay, at least I've honored my part of the sure, bargain. Sure. You know? Uh So that I think has gone well. There, there's still times where I have trouble in an interview thinking of, well what are we going to show on the screen? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I'm like riveted to what the person is saying. Yeah. And I'm like, well, great. <laughs> yeah. We're done. Yeah. And then I get back to the station to edit it and I'm like, Where's the B roll? Right. Yeah. I have nothing. <laughs> yeah. There's this is a <laughs> yeah. terrible story for TV. <laughs> yeah. uh, and sometimes you can make it work on the internet, sure. you know, on but there's like, wow, that was really rough. <laughs> uh, and so that's that's the part. I still certain camera guys know that I'm going to be the I'm going to forget to ask for the <laughs> shots that I know that yeah. they know I need and so yeah. some of them will just be like oh well you didn't ask and some of them are like you're going to want this yeah. and I'm like thank
0: you you're right <laughs> yeah. 100% right yeah. yeah yeah so so let's talk a little bit about um Wayne 15 from the inside cuz obviously people know what they see but what's the organization like how do you fit in and and who are the other people on the team who help you do your job so we have uh, yeah, that's a great
1: question. I think everybody helps me do my job honestly sure. i mean that's that's it's the difference biggest difference between radio and t v radio literally it was me sometimes by myself yep. or me and a morning show partner yep. and that was it, and you could do everything versus t v where you not only need all the people that you see on the air, you need the people in the newsroom you don't see, then you need the people that handle like the mics and the cameras and the lights. You need them, and then you you know obviously need sales to make it all go. Um, so there is a much bigger team in television. Yeah. So my day starts at 2.30, and when I get in, there's a producer that's been there probably since 10 that is working on the 5 o'clock or the 6 o'clock shows, and they will uh, have most everything written. They have most of the, you know, who's, am I reading it, or is Alyssa reading yep. it, so that I know I can go through and edit uh, to the way I want to say it, or if I'm, you know, think the original draft was not clear, I can make it clear. I can add perspective, or so that's kind of my job as an editor. Yep. And then we do the news at five and six. Um, usually there's an hour for lunch, and then uh, come
0: back and do the eleven o'clock show. Mm-hmm. So so the 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 copy that you're reading mm-hmm. is that copy you've written almost all the time or is it rare that it's copy you've written
1: um, yeah no I I probably That's a great question. I don't know. I originate a story on my own maybe 3 times a week okay. where it's my story from start to finish. And I would
0: assume that's easier. Because you You have
1: think, and there are times, literally, where I get try to get to the camera, you know, to read it in the teleprompter because it's very different when it's on a page that's the width of a computer screen, and you see like you know fifty words left to right, and then all of a sudden I see three left to right in the teleprompter. It just reads differently, so I try to always pre-read it, and inevitably. When it's my script, I'm like, who wrote this garbage? <laughs> you know, because I've got the typos, I've got the it's harder to edit yourself. Yeah, when it's sure. somebody else wrote for it, sure. you know, okay. It's yeah. I can hack away. Yeah. But I write it and I'm like, Oh, that's a really good phrase. I gotta have that in there. And then I try to read it on the air and I'm like, that's garbage. Yeah. You know, it's just you know, simplify it. Just make <laughs> yeah. it easy. Yeah. And yeah, you almost so, know
0: too much. yeah. So yeah,
1: so um so there is that. and yeah, there is that danger. That's a sure. that's a huge one, is that you forget, you know what it's like to not know. Yeah. And so you just kind of smuggle some secret knowledge in there. And it's like, yeah, make a lot of assumptions. And then
0: it becomes less clear. Sure. So so, what are some of the stories that you've been involved in that had the biggest impact on you? Maybe you know ones that had some tragedy to them, maybe ones that were more positive. What are some of the things that you've covered that have sort of stuck with you over the years?
1: Positively, Fort Wayne was Tara Brantley's idea, yeah. and it came from that well, you never cover good news, yeah. and it, and her own personality. Yeah. She likes to emphasize the yeah. positive, sure. and I could see that she was a you know market legend in TV news yeah. for thirty years. So, but it, there came a point after she did it weekly for a year and a half that she just said. Could I tap out and can you take some of these yeah. and I'll take some of these? Yeah. So the advantage or the the opportunity to look around and find stories that were just 100% blatantly positive yeah. uh, was fun, was refreshing. Yeah. And yeah. now you're going to ask me for specifics and I haven't come up with one in my head yet. Um, it's okay. But there's, there's a whole list of them. Uh, you know, on wayne.com that I was just like, these stories wouldn't have gotten told otherwise, never would have made it to the news station had Sarah not thought that idea
0: up. Yeah, yeah. And and in terms of, you know, the other side, stuff that has an impact in a different way, anything come to mind that, you know, sticks with you? Yeah, there's... So right before I started
1: uh, at Wayne 15 was when they... uh, they had that story of now I'm going to space her name because I wasn't on the air. the the, the little girl, the 30 year old mystery death. Yeah, what is her name?
0: If it helps, I don't I don't recall. Yeah, either, you so. you would though if you yeah.
1: if you've lived in Fort Wayne long enough. They yeah. caught they caught the guy that killed her through DNA testing. Yes, and uh, this is going to drive me nuts now. This is going to be this is the, the joy of getting old. Um, <laughs> So anyway, they caught, but then the fact that, that that story just rippled as for weeks after they caught the man, you know, you're talking to her family who has now gone 30 years without seeing a girl that was in elementary school yeah. at the time, would have been an adult. Yeah. Uh, and it's just the heartbreak mm-hmm. that you get, uh, at, you know, before I started this job, I had no idea that there were so many car crashes yeah. or so many oh, sure. murders or so many, because sure. again, you kind of hear it. You know, one day, two days yeah. a week, but you don't hear it every single day. Yeah, yeah. And just to hear just the heartbreak of so many families,
0: yeah, um, can become a lot. Oh, sure, sure. And that's, I mean, it's it's a, it's a challenging question, but it's one of the reasons I asked the question because I don't think people can easily get desensitized to that,
1: right? And and yeah. there is a point where you you know, as a as some of the the reporters who have left were just like, I just couldn't handle yeah. that. For sure anymore. for sure, I think now, sadly, some of uh, the biggest
0: challenge for people in the industry is the
1: there's so many people that are mad at us, yeah,
0: you yeah, know? well, and that was that was my next question is sort of the state of of the media you know this is a marketing podcast right. and, and there's obviously the church and state relationship between journalism and marketing, which which I have a lot of respect for. Um, and this you know, ongoing national conversation about the role of, of the media. W- what do you think people are getting wrong about it? And is there anything valid in some of the criticisms that are you know, being directed at the media? And how do we resolve that? How do we move forward?
1: Have you read Trust Me, I'm Lying? No. I just finished this, and this is a guy who was a marketer, yeah. and he practiced the dark arts, basically, yeah. of manipulating blogs. Yeah. that So it would bubble up, and that would, you know, some local TV station or some, you know, network would bite on this story. Yeah. And then, of course, you could go back and reference the fact that, well, now the Wall Street Journal has reported this. So yeah. it must be true. Sure. And, and that's scary, is that it feels like in this, this rush to be first yeah, uh, the attention economy, the the click, and I get paid economy. Yeah. Uh, it's almost back to yellow journalism, where yeah. the screaming headline yeah. gets the most attention, gets yep. the most page views, and even if it's wrong, great, because tomorrow yeah. the correction will get just as many. Yeah. And it doesn't matter ultimately, you know, what we think or or what people how they're informed. And it's sure. just it's almost like junk food news. Yeah. And it was really kind of eye opening to read that where it's like you know i i i would contend that wayne15 and wayne.com and any of the local tv stations here and the journal gazette uh, don't operate on that like yes we're proud of wayne.com yeah. it's not our biggest money maker sure. compared to the broadcast so we really do have a reputation that we want to try to maintain for accuracy yep. that, that there is a trust there when you tune in that you are going to get the facts as unbiased or at least both you know all these all the sides as we can, so there is that obligation but i i don 't think everyone realizes you know when you when you get all your news through Twitter or Facebook or yeah. people that are sharing things that there is no incentive for a lot of these places to be right it 's just how sure. how
0: attention grabbing is it, sure well, and the other challenges, as you know probably even better than I do, is that you then get fed more of the same from the algorithm, whether or right. not it's valid or not. Right. And it feeds the beast. And yeah. you know, it the way I've explained it to people is it used to be that if you had someone with a very fringe idea in a community they were the only person in the community with that idea now they can find 10,000 like-minded people still a fringe idea still not true but now they have strength in numbers and that's what's driving a lot of the confusion and and the stuff that you know is provocative and and getting attention but maybe not worthy of that attention in today's environment it,
1: and then other blogs, if they see that taking off, can report what they said and yeah. and so, yeah, the chance to echo and amplify is a big problem. And yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I would say that there's nobody I'm aware of uh, with a legit media presence in Fort Wayne. There are some of those guys I think, that are trying to do just that, the local bloggers yeah. that are going after the sensational, just the clicks. Sure. I think there's nobody here that would would ever want to be wrong. At the expense, uh, in in order to get page views.
0: Yeah. So is is the antidote just continuing to uphold those those standards and 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 hope that people see the value in that? That's a hundred percent the hope.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's you know, if if you're not subscribing to the paper, and this is from a guy who, you know, I. Uh, in theory, the papers are our competitor, right? Yeah, sure, but they aren't in my mind. They they fill a completely different role. The fact that they have one deadline a day, yeah. that it's you know they get more time to kind of you know ingest the story yep. and maybe re- get reaction to it and go deeper. Um, you know, we need to keep the paper alive. Yeah. And at this point, subscriptions are paying for more than advertising. Yeah.
0: And so that's kind of important. Sure. So in terms of that that line between advertising and journalism, you know, the reality is the advertising is what keeps the, the media in business. But obviously, you don't want to be overtly influenced by those dollars. How is that, from your perspective, what are some of the challenges in striking that balance, and, and how do you do it successfully?
1: Yeah, some of the challenges – I mean, thankfully, I have yet and hopefully never will have, you know, a conversation where it's like, why did you cover that story? Yeah. that They're a huge advertise, You know, that yeah. we haven't had that meeting of yeah. – We you have know, to oh, dial it back. Right, because, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, now – I would be lying to you if in the back of my mind sure. when Parkview is in the news, when yeah. they are in, you know, whatever whatever, yeah. you know, there's been stories where especially Parkview gets covered from the New York Times sure. for having whatever yeah. whatever it is where I'm like, okay, we need to make sure we get this story a hundred percent right.
0: Positive and negative. Because Correct. if it's positive, does it look like it's pure promotion? If it's right. negative, you know, are you eroding the relationship? And,
1: and I can live with um the positive, yeah. Because again, I look. There's a lot of good companies that are doing great things, sure. or sometimes they're not even doing great things. They're just doing, doing their things, jobs. yeah. And but it makes news, yeah. You know, if I drive down the street and they're turning dirt somewhere, I, I want to know what's that going to be. But a lot of it depends on what else happened on that given day. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And and unfortunately, uh, yeah. Sometimes you know those stories get pushed aside. Sure, but but I. I I'm not too worried about... I, I personally would rather talk about a grand opening of whatever restaurant in Wayndale yeah. than something that came from Indianapolis or Evansville yeah. sure. or Chicago. Sure. So, you know, so I don't... I If you're a marketer listening to this, you would be maybe surprised, especially if you're in Allen County, how willing we would be to hear that press release, you know, yeah. to get a copy of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So in terms of, you know, the the where media is headed from here not asking you to have you know a, a complete crystal ball on it but what do you see changing in the near future what do you think will remain the same and and how does that how does that look down the line so I'm not asking you easy questions. No, uh, so, I so local
1: television there. I've heard described <laughs> is the uh, the slowest of the melting glaciers. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was there used to just be newspaper, TV, yep. radio, that was it. And now that digital has crashed the party, they've taken so much of the advertising dollars and revenue away from these traditional media places. Um, you know, I think, thankfully, com is prepared to get us into the future. I think it's just a much more robust uh Site than than some of the other folks are offering, Um, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if in the future that that's maybe where all the news goes. But then, as I you know, as I told you, I think if if it becomes click driven uh, as opposed to you know truth or viewer driven, Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's dangerous. I've heard people floating ideas that that there could become like a national model. I don't want to say PBS, but maybe almost where where there are just grants either from the government or from benevolent, you know, yeah. foundations that just keep journalism alive and fund three or four reporters at least or maybe even more um, in various you know, newsrooms in yeah. various cities as an
0: arbiter of truth
1: correct as yeah. as it's just so much it's so important to our to our citizenship and our civic infrastructure to have a place that is giving us the facts yeah. that is attending these meetings on my behalf because i'm too busy to yep. go you know to all the meetings that w- will impact me yep. sometimes i don't even know about all the meetings yep. that could impact me and so you need someone that's there and giving a you know a, a truthful account of of what is happening at those meetings yep. Yeah. Um I, I I get very nervous that that could someday leave the ecosystem. Sure. Sure. Uh, and I don't know what what happens at that point, but yeah. something it's not I don't think blogs are going to cover the bases.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right and I I don't I don't have a lot of good answers on it. I just hope we we either remain or go back to a place where we have trust in something that is you know our true north in terms of sorting out fact from fiction. And that's the most frustrating part
1: I think from my of the 3 years that I've been here is there are certain groups especially where there's very where there's two sides Downtown protesters versus the police yeah. would be the example, yep. where the downtown protesters will look at us, and I think now they've looked at all media this way, and say, you only talk to the cops. Yeah. Well, guess what? The cops have four different, five different public information officers yeah. that take our calls 24 hours. Yeah. They're occasionally giving us stories. Yeah. So, yes, we talk to the police all the time, yeah. but that doesn't mean that we can't also talk to you and accurately convey your viewpoint. Sure. And—, and it's hard because you know. Again, I think people with a with a cause don't trust a media that's not a hundred percent on board with that cause. Yeah, sure. And sure. and
0: I well, it's never been the role of journalism's to be on a side. Correct. It is just to reflect the voice of both sides and let the viewer or the reader sort it out for themselves.
1: Right. And and that's the hard part. You know, is again, you'll get criticism that we do we're we're too. We lean too far right in our coverage. Yeah. We lean too far left. Um, you know, every time we air a national news story, the the politics of that you know ratchets up. People yeah. don't necessarily care left right in Allen County or yeah. in Fort Wayne, but boy, sure. you get up into Washington D.C. Yeah, they care, and that's why I want to do as much local news as I possibly can. That's why I'd rather talk about your restaurant opening, quite frankly, than maybe what's going on in congress because there's a million other places you can get that.
0: Exactly. I think that's really, you know, in my mind that's always been the the future and the 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 reason why you need local news is you're not going to get it from anywhere else. You're not going to get that information and you can't possibly even in a connected world and sometimes because we're in a connected world you can't get to the stuff that you don't know about but you need to know about. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and again, there's only so much social media can tell you. The next door app is yeah. great, but I'm not really sure that's going to, you know, let me know really everything that's going on in
0: the neighborhood. Sure, sure. Well, let's s- switch gears a little bit to the speed round of the show. or ask right. you a few questions um, that are synthesized versions of some of the things we've talked about, um, and I may throw you a couple curveballs. But the first one is about career path. You know, you've you've done. Um, a lot of different things within the realm of media. When you think about some of the best advice you've learned about building a successful career, what comes to mind? What would you want to share with people?
1: I'm a big fan of the global leadership summit that happens every year, you know, especially in Fort Wayne. It happens obviously global, uh, but Fort Wayne is one of the biggest, you know, groups that, that attends that when a leader gets better, everybody wins so much of, of, my, uh, I guess, enjoyment in going to work is: Am I working for a boss that at least isn't screwing things up? Yeah. If you're neutral, even that's sure. you know. And sometimes I don't think we appreciate that uh, when we're leaving uh, to go on to the next job. Is yeah. you know who am I working for? What is that culture like? Who are, talk, talk to me? You know, talk to other people that have worked for that person. Yeah. So I think a leader is is critical and, and just even if they're good maybe you don't fit their style sure. sure and it's just learning you know who you can work with what they expect from you you know what just are, do they have clear-cut goals and answers and things like that uh, never take that for granted if you have a good boss
0: yeah I think that's really great advice and underappreciated advice um, you know I've heard that said as people don't quit jobs, they quit Correct. bosses or they quit people. So I think that's that's one people need to hear more clearly is that it's really important to pick a good match in your boss and even in your coworkers in terms of people who are going to allow you to do your best work. Yeah. Um, all right. Second question. And this is where I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. What are some of the misconceptions that exist about either Wayne 15 or about the media at large that... If you had the opportunity to clear them up, what what might you say is a is a misconception or a myth? And what's the truth?
1: <laughs> um there's two I think specifically for Wayne.com or for Wayne fifteen is that uh well you you didn't cover this. Why didn't why didn't you cover this? Yeah. You literally need to let us know about something that is going to happen us to cover it.
0: can't cover it after it's over. Can't, yeah. Right,
1: exactly. Or I mean, you can if somebody's really smart. So again, if you're a marketer and you grab a ton of B-roll with your sure. phone and yeah. include that, it can happen. But yes, if you can just tell us ahead of time that it's going on, yeah. we are much more likely to cover it than if we go, oh, that happened? Yeah. Didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, and it's... it. it it seems obvious when you say it, and yet there are tons of times that we find things that we're like, all right, write that down, because when they do the second annual one, we're going. Yeah, And and we would have loved to have been at the first one, Yeah, but just nobody thought to yeah. tell us until afterwards somebody went, why weren't you there? Yeah, The second one, though, is, is Wayne.com. I don't know what you picture the staff looking like. A lot of people, I think, picture it working like a newspaper where there's headline writers and there's editors yeah. and there's... There's, there's just not. It is such a, a bare bones operation that still manages to, you know, the content is just rich and deep yeah. and is just, uh, you know, covers Fort Wayne unlike anything else. Odds are, if you have a question about what's happening in Fort Wayne, you'll yeah. find the answer somewhere on Wayne dot com, and and it really is remarkable the people that we have that are exclusively digital one two three four. Maybe four. Wow, wow. Um, and then the rest of us, obviously, that are on TV, also contribute, and some of the producers also contribute. But it's it's just it's a remarkable undertaking for as few people. Uh, are assigned really
0: to care for it. Wow. So if there's a typo, maybe cut them some slack. A little bit. Yeah. There's a,
1: there's a, there's a couple guys online that are like, uh, you know, self-appointed media critics. The grammar police. And I'm like, thank you because you are our unpaid proofreaders. (laughs) This is fantastic. We're going to we're going to check in with you every day and go, yeah, let's go correct that. And there we go. Thank you fix. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And they're doing that for free. (laughs) So last question, you know, we've all been through a lot in the last 18 or so months. What's something that you learned during the pandemic, maybe that you didn't know before that's going to stick with you moving forward?
1: Yeah. I always feel like I when, I, when I hear you ask this question to other people on the podcast, yeah. I'm like, this is tough for me because I literally did not work from home one day. Every wow. day I went into wow. the station Yeah, every single day. Yeah. Now there were reporters that didn't, but sure. I, I, as an anchor went every day. Um, the, I, I guess I'm most surprised by the audience tolerating Zoom interviews uh, because there's a certain point where you're like, look at that, the production is terrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, people's offices are terrible. Half the time they got the laptop on their knees and the camera is shaking the whole time. Yeah. But nobody seems to care. Or if they don't care, they're all so used to it because yeah. that's the world <laughs> yeah. we all kind of lived in for a year. Uh, that they that it's like, all right, well whatever, that's you know. Yeah. Um and, and again, in the past, if we were talking to somebody from outside the market or somebody we couldn't sure. get a camera to, we would have just put a still photo up and yep. talked to them over the phone. Yeah. So an arguably Zoom is better than that. Yeah. But that I guess really kind of surprised me that, you know, it's it's not very crisp audio or yeah. video. I mean, sometimes it doesn't you know, their mouth and the audio aren't frame, you know, mm-hmm. aren't syncing and But people seem to be okay with that, and and because of that, that allows us to do so many more things more nimbly and with a far greater reach. You know, somebody is in somebody from Fort Wayne is caught up in a hurricane or wherever. Yeah. Well, is your phone work because we can zoom with you right now, and you can yep. show us where you are.
0: Yeah, I, I had that experience. Uh, was interviewed when I was in Texas with my son, and the only challenge for me was I have to find something with a collar, and I think I threw on like an Asher pullover that had a collar. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, this is better than my t-shirt, but it worked great. Yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't wasn't the same as being, uh, you know, on camera, but it worked.
1: Yeah, and that the ability then to find how. Much people care or don't care, yeah, uh, at least they want to read coronavirus yeah. stories. There was a point we took it off our front page. Yeah. that was about a month when yeah. you know there were yeah. six six, ten yeah. cases or whatever a month or a day in Allen County, and then all of a sudden it started to climb again, and suddenly it 's back there because people people I mean again we're all I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah. If I never sure. said COVID 19 again in my life, i 'd be thrilled. <laughs> yeah. but people yeah. still seem to care, and the information is changing, so we have an obligation to yeah. tell you what the experts are saying. Yeah. Whether you believe them or not is up to you, yeah. but there's no way we're not reporting what the latest news from them is. Yeah.
0: Well, well, thanks for that and thank you very much for your candor. This was fascinating and hearing, you know, from the inside about what's happening in the media, how things are changing and some of the things that maybe we hope will stay the same. It's it's great to hear about all that. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for the invitation. And again, if you're a marketer listening to this, Feel free to reach out. Uh, again, I am always interested in you know people doing cool
0: things in and around the area uh, and would love to hear more. So, Dirk, what's the best way for someone to get a story in front of you or the Wayne 15 team? Um, email works really well. Uh, release at W-A-N-E
1: dot hits everybody in the news department. I will warn you, we get probably more than 400 emails a day. Yeah. Um, sometimes... Coming directly to just me, Dirk, D I R K dot Rowley, R O W L E Y at Wayne dot com works better. And I've literally had two or three times in the last three years somebody say, This story is too complicated for a phone call. Do you want to meet for coffee? Mm-hmm. And we'll explain yep. the premise. And I'm like, Okay, now I get it. You know, it yeah. takes me thirty minutes to wrap my arms around it. And then it's like yes, that's a story I think we would now like to cover. Yep. That works. And you don't even yeah. have to
0: buy, I'll buy my own coffee. Yeah, so old fashioned face to face communication. Sometimes Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode. We'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you will join us then.